All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. We're in a, a series that uh, we've titled, There's Power in That Name. Power in that name. There's, there's so much power in the names of God. And I think sometimes we miss different things about the Lord because we don't study about the names of God and understand the names. And, and of course, this is we're, we're dealing here in the New Testament with the names of Jesus, the different names of Jesus. And we'll not cover all of them, but uh, just uh, pulling some of them out and, and, and working through them. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, and let's begin reading in verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, <clears throat> as, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Back in verse 11 is our text this evening. It says, And and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, The Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. Lord, we do. Our hearts are heavy for these that are sick. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with them. Lord, be with uh, Connie and the family, Lord, with the struggle there with, with Larry. And, and Lord, your will be done. And Lord, I do pray for little Finley, Lord, I pray that you'd watch over her, Lord, touch her little body, Lord, heal her, and Lord, just be with Hannah and Adam, Lord, I know there's great concern there, and especially as there's this first, their, their first child, and I know Hannah's wore out, Lord, just having the, the child, and, and then this taking place, Lord, I pray that you'd give her the rest and strength that she needs, let it, her not be pulled down and become sick because of it herself. Lord, I pray that you be with Norma and the family. I know they're very uh, anxious also. And Lord, I pray now that your hand be upon them, Lord. Lord, you're in control of all things. We're going to trust you. Lord, be with Brother Ronnie. Lord, I pray that you watch over him, touch his body, raise him up, Lord. And I pray that you be with Myra and others, others that are sick, others dealing with health issues and other problems, Lord. Just touch their bodies, touch and make the needs that are there. Lord, you are Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would just be magnified in the preaching tonight, and we'll give you the honor and glory if we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see them. <clears throat> You've probably seen this if you have, uh, especially if you got if you got a satellite dish or one of those little dishes or cable or something, or or if you use rabbit ears or whatever on most of the TVs now with the digital. Uh, signals that they have. <clears throat> if the signal becomes weak, all of a sudden there'll be something uh, that will pop up on that screen and uh, it'll say something like signal is too weak or searching for signal usually. Uh, 
is what it'll say and they're searching for signal and you're not getting anything. And you're wanting to watch maybe a program and, and all of a sudden it, it goes blank and it says searching for signal, searching for signal. Well, that's spiritually what happens in a lot of Christians' lives when they don't understand and when they don't, when they don't take a hold of the fact that this wonderful name of, of Lord in connection with Jesus Christ. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about His name, Lord, tonight. And a lot of people miss out on what God has for them. This name carries authority when we don't truly know Him by this name and, and how uh, we're to rightfully relate to it on, on earth as born-again Christians. We experience interruption in the signal from, from the Lord. We don't see His power. We don't see His touch in our lives. We don't see His protection. We don't begin to understand that He is Lord. Every Christian here, you, say, you, you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, but He should be your Lord also. A lot of people say, well, I thought it was all the same. It's not really the same. You see, our enemy, the devil, has, allowed, has been allowed to interfere with the communication and and the alignment that we should have with Jesus Christ. And that alignment is making Jesus Christ Lord of our lives. Lord of our lives. God has given His Son Jesus an ultimate authority. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3 it says, And He hath put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth, all in all. And so he's put everything under the authority of Jesus Christ. The problem is, is that most Christians, I'm not going to say most, but many Christians have never come to a place in their life to understand that he is in authority over absolutely everything in their lives. And therefore they do not, rec they, they do not yield to that authority. And then they wonder why they have the struggles that they have in their lives. They wonder why there's those problems. One of the reasons that we don't live in, a, in light of this truth is because we have confusion between the terms of power and authority. A lot of times we pray about the power of God and God's a powerful God and, and so forth. But many times we confuse power and authority. I might say it this way. Satan has power. Satan has power. You can, you can say that he doesn't, but he does. Satan has power and he dominates the world in which we live and influences people's lives and in countless ways and in different, many, in different areas and, and so forth. But he doesn't have final authority. He has power, but he doesn't have final authority. You see, authority is the right to use the power that you have. It's the right to use the power that you have. For example, if we was to walk out on the field, uh, say, um, and I don't, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a, I, I watch football, I just root for the team. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know that much about all these guys and I, I couldn't tell you, I can tell you Mahomes' names and Kelsey and, and that's Brady and, and that's about it. I can't, I, you know, I just, I just don't know all these football players and everything. But if you walk out onto the field there and, and you begin to examine a football team and, 
And, and let's say the defense, and, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know these, I remember watching a movie, and, and the guy was actually, uh, was actually a football player, and they made a movie about his life and stuff, they called him the refrigerator. I guess he was built like a refrigerator, I don't know. But he was a big man, he was a big man. You get some of these defensive tackles and all, and they're, they're great big guys, and they, they got a lot of power. You know, they got a lot of power. And they can, they can squash you. You know, a lot of them weigh over 300 pounds. They're big. They have power. But then you take and you walk over here and you find a man that's wearing a, a pair of black pants and, and uh, has a striped shirt on. He may not weigh no 300 pounds. He may be about like me. He may be a little bit balding. He may have gray hair. He may, he, he may have just a little bit of a pot belly on him. And he runs up and down the field with a whistle in his mouth. He's called a referee. The football player has power. The referee has authority. The football player is big enough to smash the referee. But he better not. Because the referee has authority to throw him out of the game. And if you buck his authority, you'll be kicked out of the NFL. If you do enough. They'll fine you and everything else and ultimately kick you out. And so what we have is we have a, a comparison here. You have somebody that's big and maybe strong, but you have a ref that has authority. And this, this guy may be wanting to grab somebody's helmet and rip his helmet off his head, but he doesn't have the authority to do it. The referee has the authority to put him that has that power out of the game. You see, Satan has power, but he does not have the authority. Jesus Christ has power and authority. The fact is, is that the only way that Satan can have power in your life and that is that he must gain authority to do it somehow. You'll see that in a minute. But the fact is, is that we've got to realize that all authority has been given unto Jesus Christ. Satan has that power, but the only way that uh, he, he is free to use that power over you is through your failure or my failure to operate in alignment with Jesus as Lord. Okay? Satan doesn't have that authority. He... To, to use the power when you function under the covering of a life yielded to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's like this. And Hunter wanted to know, I had this lady up here, he said, uh, is that like, you're going to do something like James Bond? No, I said, no, more like uh, Mary Poppins. <clears throat> now, Brother Jim will, will, will cringe when I open this up because his mama used to say, man, it's bad luck to open an umbrella in the house. Come here, Hunter, hold this. Bad luck's going to happen. It might as well happen to you, amen? Here's, here's the way it works. This is the authority of Jesus Christ as Lord. Come here, Levi. As long as we as a Christian stay under the authority of Jesus Christ... 
Satan has no power over your life. The problem is, most of the times what happens is we don't recognize the power or the authority of Jesus Christ. We recognize Jesus Christ as Savior, but we are not practicing the authority of Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. If He is Lord of your life and you you want to and 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 you're going to want to stay in that under that uh, protection, that alignment with Jesus Christ as Lord, not just Savior, but as Lord of your life. It covers you. It protects you. You can close it down here. You can sit down. Thank you, Levi. So many times we fail to see that. You see, that's why Satan works at luring you away from the life that, from that life that recognizes the Lordship of Christ. Because under that Lordship of Christ, you stand protected. So Satan wants to lure you away. Now, he has some help, and that help is our flesh. Our flesh, many times, uh, when we begin to not recognize the Lordship of, of, of Christ, we begin to look around to things that we want to do and that we desire to do, and that draws us out of that protection of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We stop thinking about Him as Lord. Lord means that He's in control of all. He's not only the owner, but He has the say-so about all things. And so we step out because of our own lust. The Bible talks about us being drawn away by our own lust. And then when we're drawn out from that protection, many times by our own lust, Satan is there to entice you and to draw you away from the understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then he can become the Lord in your life again as far as controlling you, as far as having power over your life. Now, he takes on that authority because you give him that authority to work in your life again. You see, we were rescued from a kingdom of darkness and placed in a kingdom of light. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the, fa- unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of His dear Son. When you were lost, you were part of a kingdom. That's a kingdom of darkness is what the Bible calls it. But when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life and save you, you are removed from the kingdom of darkness and you are placed in the kingdom of light with Jesus Christ. A kingdom, would you agree with me, the reason they call it a kingdom is because there is a king or a ruler or a lord over that kingdom. So Satan is the lord or the, the ruler over the kingdom of darkness. Jesus Christ, and we read it a while ago, that the Lord put everything under His feet. And so Jesus Christ is lord over the kingdom of light, the ruler. Stay with me. So when you get saved, you're placed in the kingdom of light. Jesus Christ is Lord. 
But when you leave that kingdom on your own volition because you don't recognize or you don't uh, 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 yield to the, the rule of the Lord or the rule of the king of that kingdom, there's only one other kingdom to be in. And you drift back towards the kingdom of darkness and there is a ruler of that kingdom of darkness here. His name is Satan. And he does have power. And he does have the ability to entice. He may not get your soul, but he can sure wreak havoc in your life. Why did it happen? Because you didn't recognize Jesus as Lord, only Savior. There's a lot of people, they just look at Jesus Christ as, as Savior. I think that we find a lot of people who out here, you can go knock on doors and talk to people and in different situations and you think, man, they must not be saved. And you talk to them and I've had people say, give me a good, good presentation of, uh, of how they know they received Jesus Christ their Savior. But they're living in darkness. They're living the old lifestyle. You know why? You talk, do, you, do you know if you died today you go to heaven? Yes, I do. How do you know? Because there was a time I knew that I was lost and on my way to hell, and I didn't want to, and I knew that I couldn't make it on my own, and I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sin and come to my heart and life and save me. They got saved. But they never did make him Lord and allow him to rule and direct their lives. Many times today we find Christians who have never stopped and recognized Jesus Christ as Lord, the ruler of our lives completely. And so we see that, that, that scenario that goes on there and we see the battle that takes place. Once you're saved, in order, in order for Satan to rule in your life, he has to get you to leave the rule of the Lord's kingdom and, and open up to his rule again. And that's what we're talking about takes place. It happens all the time. That's why you'll have Christians that'll be in church on Sunday. They'll, they'll pick up the hymnal. They'll sing the songs or look at the screen and sing the songs. They'll, they'll sit in a Sunday school class. They'll be a part of maybe even do the praying or, or maybe even do the teaching. But on Monday through Saturday, they're back out in the kingdom of darkness. And they're flip-flopping back and forth between the two kingdoms. Why? Because they've never really made Jesus Lord. It's not because Satan has any rightful authority in that Christian's life, but it's because they fail to align their thoughts and decisions under the Lord Jesus Christ. By not giving the Lord Jesus Christ his proper place in our homes, our church, our world, and could I say that we have a lot of people in the political scenes that we hear them talking about, and I heard some of today that they're talking about the old Christian, I'm a Christian, and this, this, and that, and quoting some parts of verses and stuff like that, that. But yet, you know what? They support abortion and all kinds of other wicked and vile things, and, and it's hard for me to understand that they could be saved and, and support that type of stuff, and maybe they're not, and maybe they are. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you something. They sure not are lining under Jesus Christ as Lord. So our churches and our world, the places the Lord deserves to be the ruler. We lose His covering of His Lordship and authority and the power in our lives. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, He says, 
who's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the in earth, vis, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in all things he might have preeminence. And it's talking about, again, Jesus Christ being Lord and that he might have preeminence. Preeminence, some people say, well, preeminence is first place. No, preeminence is before first place. You can't get any more first than that. Everything was created for him and should be under his authority, yielded to his authority, allowing him to rule in their life. When a person accepts Jesus as Savior, he's to be Lord also. He's to, to be the first place, the preeminent one. And only, and only then can we experience the power and the authority in our lives. That's why so many Christians are defeated. That's why they don't have power. That's why I don't have strength to get the prayers answered. That's why they, they struggle with sin and struggle with this and struggle with that. It's because they, they have not come to a place where they honestly understand and honestly accept Jesus Christ as the ruler of everything in their life. You see, we've got to align under His Lordship in our lives. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, Beware lest... Any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Notice what he says in verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I'm not going to open up the, the umbrella again, but take up the umbrella, just bring it up here. And, and Levi, come back up here. Otherwise, it's like this. I'll go ahead and open it up. Open it up. Open it up. Open it up. Don't over open. Still works. Broke now. Put it over there. Some people can ruin a perfectly good illustration, you know what? <clears throat> Mary Poppins, stand over here. <clears throat> With the authority under Jesus Christ as Lord, that means that He is to be under that authority. It doesn't mean that he is to choose, do I want to be under that authority? That means that he is to be under that authority in order to be complete. Let me read that again. Hang on just a second. Look at that, that verse again. It says, and ye are complete in him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord. He said, you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And so what he's saying, you cannot be complete as a Christian unless... You find yourself under the authority and under the power of Jesus Christ in your life. So many times Christians are, are, are weak and we falter and we back and forth, like I said, like flip and, uh, flip-flop, back and forth, back and forth. It's because we're not willing to give up the rule of ourselves 
and take on the rule of Jesus Christ and get under that authority. Then when we do, we become complete in Jesus Christ. So there's the need for us to understand. You see, if you look at Scripture and you begin to look at the, at the names of Jesus here, Jesus, he says, the Scripture talks about that his name shall be called Jesus. He's the Son of God. That's what it's talking about. And then you'll see where it says, You'll see in your, in the, many times in your scripture, you'll see him called Jesus, and then you'll see him called Jesus Christ. Christ means that he is the Savior. He is the Messiah. Okay? So you put the two together. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Emmanuel, God with us. But then when you have Jesus Christ, our Lord, you have the Son of God who came into the world to save us and become our Lord, our ruler. Many people have accepted Him as the Son of God and as Savior. But they have never taken into consideration the importance of making Him Lord. And not just making Him Lord, but acknowledging Him as Lord. You can say, I believe that He's Lord, but until you begin to express it in your life, you've never taken Him on as Lord. I'm not talking about just, just saying the name. I'm talking about allowing Him to be in rule of your life. You see, in order to, when He becomes Lord... We align under that headship of Him. That includes your thoughts. That includes your choices. That includes your words. That includes your perspective on things. When you have, you say, well, I don't understand it. Okay, He is to be Lord of your thoughts. Otherwise, you know, every person in this room, I don't care who you are, you struggle at some time with your thoughts. It may be anger. It might be about something you shouldn't be thinking about. It might be that you're mad at this or, or whatever. It might be jealousy uh, or whatever it is. Covetousness. And your thoughts. And so he says, I want you to make me Lord of your thoughts. Otherwise, to be ruler over your thoughts. And when he becomes ruler over your thoughts, when those thoughts begin to come, you think, Lord, that's not what you want me to think about. You want me to filter it through Philippians uh, uh, chapter 4 and verse 8. Things that are, uh, uh, that are pure and honest and, and virtue and, and lovely and, and so on. It gives us the, 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 all the things that should control our thoughts. But not only our thoughts, but our, 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 our choices. And, and so when it comes down to making a choice on something, it's like, it's not... Well, do I like this? Is, is this necessarily something that, should, that I want? But Lord, is it what you want? Lord, is it what you want? And the Lord shows us and will guide us into those choices. We need to make Him Lord of those choices and Lord of those words. And sometimes our words are not chosen very well. Sometimes our words are not God-honoring and lifting Him up. And so 
We need Him to be ruler over the things that we say and our perspective, how we look at things. You know, there's a lot of things that we could get all upset about and take a, uh, our own perspective, and, but God's perspective may be different. We, we need to be saying, Lord, you're Lord, you're ruler of me. How do you want me to look at this? How do you want me to react to this? What do you want? That's when you submit yourself unto him. You are making yourself a servant, and you're making him Lord of your life. You see, we must operate our lives from a divine point of view rather than a human fleshly point of view. The Christian should publicly proclaim Jesus as Lord by our word and by our deed. It's not just enough to read it in the Scripture. It's not just enough to, to just maybe say it, but by our actions. In, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 it says, And whatsoever you do, and it says, in word or deed, do all in the name of, Je- of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Notice what I said, Lord Jesus. You're yielding to Him. Whatever you, whatever you say, whatever you do, you're doing all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you're going to do it in His name, that means you're submitting to His rule to guide you and direct you. And you're going to obey what the Bible says and what He says. You see, our words and our deeds should confirm that we have not only received Jesus as our Savior, but also as Lord of our life. Remember when Thomas doubted because he hadn't seen Jesus and, and from, that he had risen from the dead? And then all of a sudden Jesus appears and he had said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and the, the cut the, in his side, he said, and I can put my hand in his side, his finger in his side. He said, I'm not going to believe it. And then when Jesus visibly showed himself to Thomas, Thomas said this in John chapter 20 and verse 28. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. He knew he was Jesus. Why didn't he say, You're Jesus? He said, My Lord. You are my ruler. You're my ruler. When you get saved... Baptism serves as a beginning of a lifetime of confession of Jesus as Lord. We often describe and tell people, you know, when you get saved, you're supposed to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And there's a reason for that. Because that's the beginning of proclaiming that He is Lord in your life. That's the beginning. That's the first opportunity for you to testify of what took place in your heart. You follow the... Uh, Jesus Christ as Lord into baptism because He told you to be baptized once you're saved, not before, but once you're saved. Baptism doesn't save you, but it is, a, it is obedience unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's a testimony. that begins a lifetime, as it should be in your life and mine, of us making Him Lord and publicly professing Him and confessing Him as Lord of our lives. I don't know how many times 
over the I, and I, I there's one pops in my head. I remember I remember I was at a wedding and 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 it was it, it was professed Christians getting married. And this preacher that married them came around and he was offering liquor to the people. And a lot of them was drinking it. And he come by me. He didn't know who I was from Adam. He didn't know me. I was from out of state. He come by and said, he had a glass and said, you want some? And I said, I don't think the Lord would be happy with that. reason that it should be that the Lord would be happy with that, wouldn't be happy with that, is because He is my ruler, and what I should do within my life should please my ruler. And so that was a public profession of what my ruler would be pleased with. You know, in publicly, we should never be ashamed to admit what we do is because of our Lord, our ruler, our ruler. Well, why don't we go do this? No. My Lord Jesus Christ says no. Why do you do that? To please my Lord Jesus Christ. You know what a lot of times we do as Christians? If we say something about it, we just say, Jesus Christ wouldn't be happy with that. Jesus wouldn't be happy with that. Or God wouldn't be happy with that. Why not say, my Lord? Signifying that you are, that you are yielding unto the authority of Jesus Christ. It will help you in every area of your life to submit to that authority when you publicly begin to realize why you're saying it and saying the Lord Jesus Christ. Signifying Him as the ruler of your life. That's in word. And then in our deed is that we do what He tells us to do. When You, you see, you would cringe. This is actually my second wedding ring. I lost my first one. My wedding band. You would cringe at me as a pastor if I took the, and some people don't, and I'm not saying you don't, that you have to wear a wedding ring, but let's say I do. I wear one every day. If I, if, if I took this wedding ring off and, and I laid it down and I said, I don't, I'm not going to wear it because, you know, I really don't want people to know that I'm married. You say, that's not right. Well, we're, we're married. We're married. We live in the same house. And, you know, the, we got a piece of paper that says we're married. And we're married. I made those vows to her. But, you know, I'm just, I'm out someplace, you know, and, and, and talking to people. And I just don't think it's important that they know that I'm married. You know where I'm going with that? When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you made a commitment to Him. With your heart, 
and with your life. And to not fall under his lordship. And to go out into the world and not be willing to publicly acknowledge him as Lord. By willingly standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to do that or I'm not going to do this. Or this is why I do what I do. Why do you go to church every, every, every service? Because Jesus Christ is my Lord. Why, why do you read your Bible? Because Jesus Christ is my Lord. Why, why don't you do this? Because Jesus Christ is my Lord. You see, Miller May on a Wednesday night, 1975, I made a commitment. And he made a commitment to me. And I should never, ever be ashamed of him being my Lord. The ruler of my life. The problem is, is that sometimes we want to rule ourselves. That's our lust. And we're drawn away of our own lust, the Bible says. And then this one that is the Lord, uh, the, the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, he begins to entice you. And that's why you wind up back in the kingdom of darkness, doing that which does not please the Lord of the kingdom of light. The way we can stay out of here is to begin to do that which pleases the king of light, the Lord of the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to publicly, in our lives, and even by yourself, whether anybody can hear you or not, as I begin to study on this, there was, there's a few things that come up and I begin to think, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. Help me. Give me the power to do this. Many are afraid of what people might say. They're afraid that they might call you a fanatic about being a Christian. Few realize what they're what, what they're doing by, by not allowing Jesus to be Lord in their lives and they fail to honor Jesus Christ. You see, when you don't acknowledge Him and take Him as Lord, you're dishonoring Him. You dishonor Him. We find over in John chapter 5, verse 23, says that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which has sent him. So we need to honor him by making him Lord in our lives. They're very standbackish of the public, publicly honoring him and allowing him to be Lord at, at, at all times in their lives and, you know, and even in the public. Well, I'll tell you what, you should never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. You should never be ashamed to call Him your Lord. You should never be ashamed to say, you know what? God's not pleased with that. My Lord is not pleased with that. Jesus Christ is my Lord and He would not be pleased with that. My Lord says, no. 
Who's your Lord? Jesus Christ. Well, it's just, no, my Lord doesn't want that. Well, I do this because my Lord Jesus Christ directs me to do this. Why do you tell people about Jesus Christ? Because He's my Lord. I want people to, I'm not ashamed of Him. I want people to know who my Lord is. I want them to know how great my Lord is. What a great King and ruler He is. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33 says, Whosoever there shall, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. He says in verse 33, he says, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny also, or I also will deny before my Father which is in heaven. There's going to be a lot of Christians. The Lord is going to be ashamed of because they were ashamed of Him. You see, these verses, these two verses I just read there, verse 32 and verse 33, they're, they're so important to understand because with that understanding, it, it teaches how we can live a victorious Christian life. You know why Christianity is not growing like it should be growing? Do you know why people are not getting saved like they ought to be getting saved? Because Christians are not promoting their Lord. They're not living for their Lord. They're not serving their Lord. They're not staying in the kingdom of light. They're straying off into the kingdom of darkness again. Back to the old life. Back to the old ways. Back to the old uh, uh, ruler that ruled over them that paid with death and destruction. And oh, how we need to live. Magnify the Lord. Notice how Satan is defeated. This would be a good verse to underline. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him, talking about Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, and notice this, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Their testimony was that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ is their Lord. That was their testimony. Even unto death, there may come a time for you and me that they'll say, you need to deny your Christianity. And we need to say, I am living and trusting in my Lord Jesus Christ. They may say, you have to swear allegiance to this leader. No, my leader is Jesus Christ, my Lord. But my friend, we'll not do that if we're not making Him Lord in our lives now. He needs to be Lord. That's why that name is so important to you and me. He didn't just save you to just let you float around out there in and out of darkness. He saved you to be your Lord. The authority in your life and the reason He wants to be the authority in your life because He loves you and He knows without that authority in your life, you cannot experience the love of God, the power of God, the hand of God, the blessings of God without being under the authority of Jesus Christ the Lord. He's Lord. But so few recognize Him that way. We need to grasp that importance. We need to grasp the importance of 
publicly acknowledging Jesus as Lord of our lives by word and by the way we live. The Lord doesn't just want you to confess Jesus. Stop thinking about that. What? He doesn't want you just to confess Jesus. He doesn't want you just to confess Jesus Christ. He wants you to confess Jesus Christ, our Lord. Or you could say it this way, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the confession He wants from you and me. Making Him our Lord, the ruler of everything within us and about us. You see, it's because it brings glory. When you recognize the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, that He's above all, you're bringing glory to God. I might say we need to make a commitment that from this moment on that we will seek to publicly confess the name Jesus is our Lord of our lives by what we say and by what we do. And never be ashamed to call Him Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ. When we do, you begin to see the unending power and presence and blessings of God in your life. Because then you have aligned with Jesus Christ as Lord. You have come under that authority as the ruler of your life. My friend, if you want great blessings, you want great answers to prayer, you want the power of God in your life, you must align under Jesus Christ as being your Lord. Not just your Savior, but your Lord. Your Lord. There's a lot of people say, oh, don't preach that Lordship salvation. My friend, Lordship salvation has nothing to do with getting saved. Lordship salvation is living for Jesus Christ under His rule. The Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We love You. And oh, how we want to praise Your name. It's a name above all names. And Lord, this name, Lord, is so important in our lives. It's not just a word that we throw out there, but it's a life that we live, making you Lord. It's not just a title, but it is a position in our lives that you have become Lord of our life. Help us, Lord, to make that commitment even tonight that you will be Lord, not just Savior, but that you will be Lord of our life. Strengthen us and guide us. May we magnify you. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight with your heads bowed, your eyes closed.